1: You with the upper hand in your fantasy football fantasy leagues? leagues? Then you've come to the then right place. To the right place. You're
0: listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast.
1: Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiki and Zach Razudo All right, guys, we are back. Welcome back to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Guess who's back? Guess who's the Zach? Get it? <laughs> Zach is here. Zach, where you been, man? It's been a minute. We all miss you. Not just me. Everyone who listens to this podcast misses you. We had a couple guests, you know, whatever. They're they're, they're cool and everything, but like, listen, man, you're, you're you're the heart and soul of the podcast, man.
0: Right, you right to have now. Back. I don't know how you've been making it without me on the pod. You know what <laughs> I'm saying? No, no, I'm happy to be back too. It's been a while. but I've been pretty busy. Just you know, obviously, if you've seen on Instagram with the satellite page we're putting up, that's pretty cool. I've been kind of heading that up, and then also school, of course, standing in the way a little bit. Um, we were just talking about before the pod that I have all these papers to write and you were going to pay some people to write some papers for me to keep me working on this. I wouldn't be opposed to that. We, but, we uh, might
1: have to edit that out because if any of your professors listen to Facebook, no, None of my professors podcast. listen
0: to my podcast. <laughs> okay, cool. I wouldn't just, tell them just, about it. Definitely not. Just
1: making sure. I just want to, you know, because for me, it's like, dude, like, please, like, we don't got to spend no time writing these papers, bro. You know what I'm saying? Right. Let's just, let's just. Let's just get, get it popping.
0: I'd much rather not be writing <laughs> papers, but that's just how it's going to go. I got a month and then I should be able to be like more common, uh, working on this more often. Um, not that I'm not already working on it a lot, but it, oh, it's yeah. been great. That's, that's um, really um, it. You uh, got
1: about a month left before your summer vacation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're going to be busy. We're going to be busy. Yeah, and absolutely. another thing, another thing that you've been working on is the is the upper hand rookie draft kit. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. on the template and the and the design on that. Uh, Zach did a a, a redesign on the rookie draft kit. If, if you purchased it last year, uh or you got it for free because you ended up signing up with Underdog, uh, you know, Zach, you know, the the design was awesome. Mm. I loved it. But Zach, you know, took it upon himself to do a redesign this year so we even better even bigger and better draft kit coming uh if today we're recording this on thursday we are trying desperately to get this out this weekend at some (laughs) point so so keep an eye out for that uh over on our instagram we'll be announcing it there uh shortly so so keep an eye on that that should be available on shop.upperhandfantasy.com very shortly and by the way we got some hoodies up there we got some t-shirts we got some coffee mugs we got some coasters uh we got some some uh, some snapbacks, you know what I'm saying. We got some hats. We got we got some cool yeah. stuff. So go ch- go check Rep that the out the brand. Got to got to. Yeah, um, I got the, I got the shirt right here. Upper hand fantasy t-shirt right here that I'm wearing. I'm rocking. You guys can't see it because you're listening. That's okay. Um, so <laughs> this they episode you. they believe me. Uh, <laughs> in this episode we are and the reason why I brought Zach on because you know Zach ha- has a good feel of you know team fits and that sort of thing. What we're gonna go over in this episode we're gonna go over four different. Mock drafts done by experts. Todd McShay from ESPN. We have Lance Zerline and Dan- Daniel Jeremiah from NFL Network. Uh, and then we also have, who am I missing? I'm missing the Mel big Kuiper. Mel Kuyper, of course, yeah. from ESPN as well. I think those are the main four mock drafts that we should care about, I would say. I think Daniel right. Jeremiah probably has the, you know, the closest ear to the teams uh, in terms of like what he thinks is going to happen uh lance Zerline's mock is like all over the place uh but you know he's he's got some (laughs) stuff right in the past and you know we shouldn't you know we gotta we gotta like take take his stuff into account player evaluation as well you know he's gotten some stuff right you know over the past several years so you know you can't you know you you might think a lot of stuff is crazy and sometimes the consensus uh is not correct right so uh, a lot of this stuff is is really interesting kind of head scratching at times but we'll go over all that um and then you know mcshay and you know and it's it's cool because like these guys are you know from the same networks but they'll have kind of different opinions on a few different guys and in this episode we're mainly going to go over you know the main you know offensive positions that we care about for fantasy. Obviously, you know when a player, when a team drafts an offensive lineman and that sort of thing, especially like a left tackle or or a right tackle, like you know that definitely plays a, a part for sure. So you want your teams, you know, especially for a quarterback or running back, you know, to uh you know develop that offensive line that's all good uh but in this episode you know we're mainly going to go over those skill positions quarterback running back wide receiver and tight end uh and we have a bunch of those guys going off the board in the first two rounds a uh, few mocks in the you know just first round a couple mocks we have uh the full two rounds we'll be going all over all that obviously this is all going to impact our rookie draft kit our, our rookie uh dynasty drafts as well because some people are doing the dynasty drafts before the uh the nfl draft which is kind of fun uh yeah. it kind of it's a dangerous forces dangerous to, but it's fun <laughs> it's fun you know honestly man i'll say this outside of draft capital i think it's even more dangerous to take landing spot into consideration over talent when it comes to dynasty at least i think on That's a fair. year-to-year basis when you do like when you do like redraft then yes i think landing spot plays a huge role like even bigger than anything else um but, like, for Dynasty, it's, like, bet on the talent, and the talent usually wins out at the end of the day, and, you know, no matter where you end up and no matter where you think a player might not succeed because, like, another player might be standing in the way or that sort of thing. They usually, if a player is talented enough, they usually end up breaking out regardless. Um, yeah. But, yeah, man, let's let's go over some of this, some of this man. Let's start with the quarterbacks. Um, you know, Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, uh, the main guys to – potentially go number one or number two right we have uh mel kiper oh by the way we also are including michael renner from pff he is their draft expert over there as well so he had some interesting picks too so you know we'll be including him in a lot of these as well um but bryce young man um so mel kiper daniel jeremiah and Lance Zerline all have him going number one uh to the panthers uh todd mcshay and michael renner both have him going to the Texans uh, with C.J. Stroud uh, going number one to the Panthers.
0: Right. If yeah. I had
1: to guess today, I would guess Bryce Young. And yeah. I don't know if you saw or heard the episode that I did. Uh, la- I think it was l- last early last week with Dalton Cates. We were talking about this. And at that point of time, C.J. Stroud was the betting favorite. And I put down money and I told everyone who was listening that this is what I'm doing, that I'm betting plus 300, you know, three to one odds that Bryce Young will go first and three to one odds that CJ Stroud will go second. And the next day, the odds flipped after Adam Schefter had some reports to the contrary. So that yeah. felt good. And I'm, I'm and I'm hoping <laughs> that a few people listen to that episode and play some bets and won some money. Uh well, you know, obviously the draft didn't happen yet, so we don't know what's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. But right now, the the betting favorite is Bryce Young uh to go number one overall. What are your thoughts?
0: Yeah, I I'm totally hear you on that one. That's a really smart bet. I wasn't listening to that episode, I didn't hear that one. I haven't had a whole lot of time to listen to those episodes, but I'll tell you what, you got three to one on that. That's pretty good. I mean, Bryce Young was a consensus. I think, wasn't he the consensus going up to CJ Stroud meeting with the Panthers? And then, um, yes. well, it's McCown, right? Yep. That was talking Josh to CJ Stroud and said they'll get a court and they'll shoot some hoops or something together, you know, when he's in Charlotte or whatever. That was kind of what I think propelled this one week surge of CJ Stroud being the favorite. But I think everyone's kind of cooled back down now. It's going to be Bryce Young. I think it's going to be Bryce Young. If you asked me a week ago, I'll be honest, I would have said, oh, yeah, CJ Stroud. You know, I would have been like, he's going to be the number one. But Bryce Young now, it just looks like, He's going to be the pick anyway. I think I might have bought into that hype like I just outlined a little bit before. So I think either way, you can't go wrong. If you ask me, I'm a bigger fan of C.J. Stroud. He's my QB one in terms of big board. If you want to talk about which prospect I like more, I think C.J. Stroud has a better shot of long-term success than maybe Bryce Young. We know Bryce Young has a good um, decision-making, high football IQ, that kind of stuff. I don't think CJ, C.J. Stroud is that far behind him. And I like his build a little bit more, his play style a little bit more to last longer than Bryce Young maybe in the league. But Bryce Young, still a very good quarterback. I don't think he can really go wrong as the Panthers. They traded up to one. They're going to take one of these two guys. I don't see like either of them being like a bad pick. I don't see either of them being busts. But if I had to pick, I would pick CJ Stroud. But I think that ultimately the Panthers are going to take Bryce Young.
1: I, I think uh, Bryce Young it has the higher ceiling. Uh, the size, you know, like you alluded to, is definitely a question. I think that's his only question. I think if Bryce Young was a couple inches taller, a little bit heavier, um, I think he would be one of the best prospects to have come out in a long time. And I think right. that's really the only question mark with him. You know, under pressure, he he's a lot better than Stroud. That's kind of where, you know, I you know am kind of putting my chips there at this point i know we talked a couple weeks ago right like who are we going to take right uh i think is definitely the safer option i think if anyone's concerned about the size in the nfl whether bryce young can take those hits and will he be able to sustain you know you know and being on the field right i think that's the main concern there and then also you know what kind of system is he going to be put in so that they'll allow him to be able to drop back as much as he needs to to be able to see over the tall ass offensive lineman that's the other (laughs) other concern but i think the latter isn't as much of a concern i think because the, the yeah. game has changed a little bit but uh but yeah i think cj stroud you know definitely is a good quarterback and i think you know i really like him going to two to the texans or number one to the panthers like both these guys should be the consensus top two um mm-hmm. but it is interesting because you know cj stroud if you look at lanser lines mock right he yeah. uh proposes some stuff and he says that the, in the his mock Lamar Jackson has been traded okay yeah. CJ Stroud falls all the way down to four so you had obviously the Texans passing up on a quarterback not trading down which i think is highly unlikely if they're not first of all if they're not going to take a quarterback they have to trade that pick right he has Arizona not trading down which I think uh you know obviously Arizona has their quarterback as of right now so you gotta expect them to trade down he expects he, he in his latest mock he has CJ Stroud fall into four, and then the Colts trade down and the Ravens trade up with the Colts to go up to number four.
0: To get CJ Stroud, yeah, which is That's really interesting to me. That's interesting. It's also not going to happen. So like it's not gonna happen. I was sitting there trying to put it together, like what how everything <laughs> was working, the moving parts, keeping track of all of it. But I'm like, what am I? Using these brain cells for trying to figure <laughs> this out. It's not going to happen, right? Like, first of all, I don't see any situation where Lamar gets traded at this point. Right. Uh, they definitely signed Odell to dangle in front of him for contract purposes. You know, they're just trying to get as much leverage as they can and say, oh, look, we got your receiver. This guy came off. This is second ACL. He missed all. Well, apparently, season. I love Odell, but apparently,
1: you know. Lamar was the one who was, who was bringing him in. And the reports are that, like, Odell is fully expecting Lamar to be his quarterback because Lamar right. was the one, you know, lobbying for him to sign to Baltimore. Obviously, Baltimore might have been the only team that was willing to pay him that kind of money, type of money that Odell got. Right? He but had a at, meeting
0: at, with your Jets
1: scheduled. He did, but the I'm Jets apparently, mistaken. yeah, no, he did. I think he went to go meet with them too. Um, but apparently, the contract wasn't going to be anywhere close to that. So, and that's right. why the Jets just didn't even try to match that which makes sense, which I'm happy.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. The Jets didn't have to do that. They're going to be fine at receiver. They can draft even if they want to, it's not going to be an issue for them. But with, with Odell, that was just a little bit too much money for my taste. You know, obviously I was in on Odell as a Cowboys fan too, but that wasn't the case. Um, But I, like I said, going back to this mock draft, there's no way CJ Stroud is going to fall out of the top two. I don't think that's even a chance, but For him to go to the Ravens to have the Ravens move up, if I'm not mistaken, moving all the way up as far as they do, they're moving from twenty two, right? Like that's pretty bad. (laughs) I just don't see that well no, you know, they wouldn't
1: even they they wouldn't even move from twenty two. So now in his mock, he doesn't even have them trading the twenty second. They pick pick
0: it up from yeah from whatever team You trade know, mm-hmm. we
1: don't even know what team it would be right like so yeah. this is a very uh, hypothetical situation so let's move on yeah
0: can you see the steam coming out of my ears <laughs> it,
1: it seems like it seems like bryce young and cj strada going to be top two according to everybody anthony richardson uh you know he can go anywhere really um but uh number three to the titans Mal Kuyper and his mock has them trading up with Arizona, which is a likely scenario. That is very possible. Mm -hmm. I can see the Titans trading up uh, to get someone like Anthony Richardson. Ryan Tannehill, you know, if he were to, you know, the the good thing about Anthony Richardson is that he could just sit behind Tannehill, right? And if Tannehill ends up staying healthy, then Richardson has a full year under his belt to develop. And I think that would be a solid option right in a solid place to be you have a veteran that you can kind of sit behind and you don't have to worry about playing him while he develops you know obviously they drafted a quarterback last year but i think we all know that malik willis is it's just i think it's over for him i i think you know it, it was one of those situations where he was never that good to begin with um and he gets drafted you know, is there some intrigue in his rushing? Of course. But at the end of the day, you mm. have to do something on the field in order to like help your team in any way, which he, he apparently can't do. He was nowhere near where he needed to be when he started those games last year. They started him out of necessity. They kept on going back between him and some other scrubs. And it just didn't work out, right? So I,
0: mean, I can totally see that happening there. Um, Go ahead. Yeah. He was replaced by Josh Dobbs. Is that who it was? Yeah. Like, that, that that's pretty bad. And listen, I hate to just be out on Malik Willis this early, but we saw what he was doing. And I think, I forget where I saw it. Somebody was talking about how him being thrown into the fire just ruined his um, development. Like, him being yeah. thrown into those games. Like, he just got screwed. If he had the time to, you know, develop, be on the bench, ride behind Ryan Tannehill, and not have to play those games, I think you have a shot. You might not have to consider drafting a quarterback. But he's also from a small school it's he was drafted late you know that doesn't really point to any type of attachment if you, especially if you're gonna right. talk fantasy you know right if you talk about fantasy he was drafted in what it was the third round and he's going to be on a bad offense even if they take Anthony Richardson it's still gonna be bad it's not like he's gonna be playing in place of him so it's like there's really no hope for him Anthony Richardson I, he has to sit here otherwise I think the same thing could happen to him because this offense yeah. has nobody outside of Derrick Henry and still I mean they're paying him a lot of money and there's rumors of him possibly being on the trade block so it's going to be a barren wasteland. Anthony Richardson has to sit. That's kind of what I'm counting on. I'm not saying I'm completely out on Richardson. We'll see how it goes for this season. But I think in the best case scenario, we won't even have to think about even drafting uh, Richardson and redraft this season. If that, I, if we I, want him I, to I play agree. as well as you can.
1: I agree. I agree. Um, you know, it's funny, man, like we're talking about the Titans here. You mentioned they have nobody, right? Yeah. All the, the only weapon that they have at this point is the guy, you know who replaced AJ Brown last year right yeah. during the draft um but we have three of our guys Todd Mache, Daniel Jeremiah and Lance Zerline all having Jackson Smith in the jigba to go obviously Mel Kuiper had you know him tr- being them trading up but like all these those three guys had him going to the Titans at yeah. number 11 uh which would not be great <laughs> Uh, you know, like in terms of like a landing spot for Jazz. Bottom line
0: right there. You hit it already. It wouldn't (laughs) be great.
1: great. (laughs) I would not like that at all. Like he's a great player, and you don't want to like overvalue landing spot. And I'm still gonna be drafting him at like at like number two in my rookie drafts, you Mm -hmm. know, behind Bijan. Uh, but still, like it's not what you want. And especially, you know, obviously, like if they take him, you know, at least they have a chance of getting a better quarterback potentially next year. You know, yeah. or something like that, you know, make it make a move somehow. But, you know, even with uh Ryan Tannehill, like I'll be OK with that for like year one. I think he'll be fine. I think he would end up being the wide receiver one as soon as he takes a snap with the Titans. Um yeah. But that that's an interesting one to me, man. You know, uh mm-hmm. it's either the Titans trade up or they grab Jackson Smith in the Jigba. I feel like that's that's what these guys think at this point.
0: Yeah. I heard rumblings that maybe offensive tackle could be at play, but they need to get somebody that they can market at this point. I feel like the Titans are like on this downhill slope and there's like nobody anymore. So Jackson Smith and the Jigba would do a lot to, you know, fix that. And my thing with Jackson Smith and the Jigba going to, I'm going to refer to him as JSN from now on because that's just a mouthful. (laughs) Um, With JSN going to the Titans, like, I think his ceiling becomes, you know, as far as next, this next season, his rookie season, it's going to be like top 24 and like, low like I don't see his ceiling being anything more than like a low-end wide receiver too in Tennessee at least for the first year obviously he can do much better but I just don't see that happening especially if he's the only guy Kuiper is the only one who mocked JSN and the Texans and I think that's the ideal spot and I completely agree with Kuiper here because in that scenario too he reunites with CJ Stroud who was his college quarterback now that has a lot of intrigue written all over it I like that pairing, and I, I'm gonna look at. I'm gonna look at. I'm looking at it pretty closely and thinking that maybe this has shades of Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. I, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to jump the gun on it, but this has that type of potential, you know, to reignite in the league in the NFL. Yeah. And in terms of their fantasy prospects in 2023, that beats the hell out of going to Tennessee and playing with Ryan Tannehill and facing the top corner of every defense that you play each week. So, if you ask me, the ideal situation for Jackson Smith and the Jigba is going to be him going to the Texans if Kuipers mock plays out i'm very happy now i would i consider taking him over Bijan robinson at one for dynasty no but obviously you're gonna feel much better about taking him at two um if he goes to the texans and he's with cj stroud then if he goes to the titans but needless to say it doesn't look like he's dropping out of the top half of the first round um it looks like he's gonna find a home somewhere in the afc south
1: i think regardless of where uh, regardless of who the panthers take at number one uh I want the Texans to take a quarterback obviously at number 2 and whoever the yeah. Texans take at number 2 I want them to take JSN you know at yeah. number 11 like that would be ideal for me like I would love that um mm-hmm. I'm sorry t- at 12 right the, the Texans yeah, are at 12 the so. Texans are 12 Yeah so pair one of these young quarterbacks with JSN Yeah yeah I like that a That lot. but like it's that just
0: the, the intrigue the added layer of having CJ Stroud that would just be oh, chef's kiss you know what I'm saying for this 100%. draft. That'll be a fantastic because draft.
1: You have both these guys developing together, right? And like they're both young and the ceilings will kind of grow with each other. And I think yeah. that's that's what you want. Like I, I don't necessarily care if it's CJ Stroud who's with JSN because they played together. Like I'm okay, you know, with it being, you know, another I'm okay with it being Bryce Young too. Yeah, he's he, yeah. He's gonna be a good quarterback also. So like either way. I just want JSN to land in a good spot, man. I want to see like elite type of players like reach their potential like quickly. <laughs> right. Yeah, it.
0: no, absolutely. As fantasy fans. That's exactly what you want. And, and you don't even have to be a fantasy fan. Just see these players do well. We know what JSN's capable of. We didn't get to see him play hardly at all last season at Ohio State. We just want to see him get back to that 2021 form.
1: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? So Mel Kuyper had, you know, the Titans trading up to potentially take Richardson at three, right? Um, and then the Colts, you know, they're sitting at four. McShay had them trading up one spot to number three, which I think is a very likely scenario because right. they wouldn't want to take any chances if they have their guy, right? So, like, let's say they love Anthony Richardson way more than Will Levis. A mm-hmm. team can come in right ahead of them with Arizona. Arizona isn't drafting a quarterback at three. So a team can pull up ahead of the Colts, take Anthony Richardson, and if they don't like Levis, then they're fucked, right? And now, now, <laughs> yeah. what, now, what? Do, now, what do they do, right? I think that it's you know it's up to them to say like, hey, let's move up to number three, let's not take any chances, um, and let's grab our guy. If their guy is Anthony Richardson, there you go. If their guy is Will Levis, I don't think they have to the trade up, right? No. Um, at, at all. So that's that's. scenario there and i think you know at the end of the day the colts are you know going to it's going to be interesting to see what the colts do what the price is to move up one pick and i think the Mm -hmm. price is going to be more hefty than you think uh because they know exactly you know who the colts are going to be drafting um now daniel jeremiah um had the cardinals staying put at three and the colts still being able to get anthony richardson at four and uh Renner from PFF also had the Colts staying put with no trade-up uh, going with Anthony Richardson at four. So we had three out of our five analysts that were talking about, um, draft experts, you know, being able to say that, hey, it looks like Anthony Richardson's going to be a Colt this year.
0: Right. Yeah, so for me, Anthony Richardson's great. Will Levis just feels like a Colt to me. I don't know. That's just the way I see it. And this is the other <laughs> thing I think I that's it. working against the Colts here especially moving up to three, if they want to get Anthony Richardson like that. I'm thinking about the Cardinals looking at, okay, are we going to trade this third pick to the Colts, who are just a pick behind us? Or are they going to look down the board and be like, there's other teams that are asking, I'm sure there's going to be other teams on the line saying, hey, can we move up? We want to draft this guy like uh, Kuiper has, you know, the um, the Titans moving up. They're going to get a lot more out of a trade with the Titans than they are going to get with the Colts. Um, so I think about that. This is a mm-hmm. team that's in a rebuild. The Cardinals like they need to get as many picks as they can, and we just watched. And I'm sure I, I've read about this all over the place. They've they've made these connections on pretty much every website that you have. Um, yeah, the guy from the 49ers came over and he's now with the Texans. Right, uh, D'Amico Ryan's he's a head coach. So they were the ones that traded. Had a very similar trade um, in 2020. Was it 2021? Yeah, for Trey Lance. Where they moved a bunch of first-round picks and capital yep. like that to jump eight or nine spots, and this is almost right. the exact same situation. Um, so I, I think I could see that being the case. That kind of thing playing out. The Cardinals are going to look at that type of trade and gonna look like we're going to pick up like a second-round pick, maybe Agreed. a first-round pick. You know, for the cold, I don't think they are get a first-round pick. And for also, the Col- like
1: they're going to get whichever guy they were going to be thinking about getting at three, they're going to have it at four. So like it, it it doesn't matter. They're still going to get their guy. Right. So like yeah, a, agreed. Like the pricing, the price is going to be way more if they choose a team to you know trade up from wherever they go. So the Colts, it's like the Cardinals kind of like hold all the leverage here. You know, I think oh, yeah. they have one of the best spots you know in this draft right now because they could cuz you know Anthony Richardson's a very intriguing prospect for a lot of teams and a lot of QB needy teams would love to move up there. So we'll see man. You know I think Richardson you know has the ceiling of a player who is worth trading for. Yeah. I don't think that Will Levis is worth trading for, right? No. And if you look at um the a couple a couple of these mock drafts for Will Levis, Todd McShay, uh, had the Bucks trading up from 19 to 14 to get Levis, assuming that Levis is going to fall to 14. I think it's very possible that he does fall right. to 14. Uh, but just trading up for Levis, I think we were talking about this before, is interesting.
0: Yeah. Now, that's not the least feasible thing that we've seen in these mock drafts. I can <laughs> see that happening. When you're sitting there as a Bucks with Baker Mayfield as a presumable starter for week one, Will Levis looks pretty attractive. You know, if you can trade up and go get it, right. that, that's good and, him. and by
1: the way, Daniel Jeremiah had Will Levis going to the Bucks at 19 without even moving. So that's another right. interesting
0: note. But anyway, go ahead. I, I, I think that's going to be where he eventually, he's going to end up. Maybe not the Bucs, but just yeah. in that range. You know I what I'm saying? Say. I don't think he's going early with the rest of these quarterbacks. Like, there's obviously the line drawn between C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, and Anthony Richardson. Then there's a big tier gap. And then there's Will Levis. And some people have Hendon Hooker in that Will Levis tier, too. I don't really see it, but that, that, right. that's just me. Um, yep. But with Will Levis, I think if he goes to the Buccaneers, he'll be fine. I don't have very high expectations for him, but I don't think that's the worst landing spot possible for him. Um, I'm not going to be too intrigued as far as starting him this season unless he really lights it up. We'd be having a different conversation if he was in the draft last year because obviously he had a much better year in 2021 than he did 2022. But I, I think that Will Levis at 14, 19, anywhere – Outside of that top 12 or 13, I think makes the most sense. And then that brings us to Lance Zerline's mock where he has the Texans moving up to take him at seven, which makes absolutely no sense at all. Like, if you, <laughs> oh, there's so much wrong with this mock. It, ugh, it, it makes me very annoyed. There's no way Will Levitt's going to go at seven. Um, no one's trading up that high for him, let alone the Texans. It, it's just a mess of a mock on that Not one. Not
1: only that, though. That means you're also passing up on who, you know, wh- whoever the Panthers pass up on, right? Like so like if the Panthers right. choose CJ Stroud, then you're passing up on Bryce Young, and if they no. choose Bryce Young, you're passing <laughs> up on CJ Stroud, and then you're going to give up capital to go get Will Levis, the fourth,
0: like maybe the fifth best quarterback in this class.
1: <laughs> and 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 not only that, like I don't I don't even like Will Levis, I don't even think he's that good of a prospect. Like you know, where, you, you know, somebody who, you know, is the kind of mistake prone, like doesn't make good decisions. He has an arm, definitely. Like he can make a lot of the throws that you need him to make and can make some big plays. Has a, you know, big, you know, I don't know if you saw him recently, but dude, the, the dude gained like 30 pounds of muscle in the past like, oh, really? month before the combine. Dude is jacked. He is That's jacked. Crazy. Which probably it must be means that in mayonnaise
0: his, in his coffee. Which
1: probably, <laughs> and, and, and the bananas that he eats whole. Um, Ugh. <laughs> But like the all that muscle that he packed on like has to mess with his throwing ability a little bit, dude. Like there's yeah. no way. Like the pliability is probably an issue at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom Brady's probably rolling. I was gonna say rolling in his grave. He's not dead yet. He's just rolling dead in football sleep. terms. Just asleep. Yeah, that's just all. Asleep. not the grave.
0: His <laughs> <laughs> football grave. Jesus maybe. Christ. Uh Dallas Burnham. No. I'm just gonna leave it at that. Dallas Burnham. <laughs> I'm happy go. about it. You
1: know nice man. I I I just I laid that up for you and you slam dunked it. Love yeah. it. Yeah. But
0: but exactly. but with Will Levis. I don't – this is a terrible comp, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Where did we hear about, like, you know, questionable decision-making and a strong arm before and teams a team moving up to get him? uh, Patrick Mahomes. It scares me because if he ends up being something like that, like, we heard these same types of things for Patrick Mahomes going into 2017 draft. And they're saying this about Will Levis. I feel like people are just kind of leaving him out because Bryce Young and CJ Stroud and all these quarterbacks are here. Anthony Richardson is the next hot thing, flavor of the month that might get him drafted higher than maybe he should be. I know he has the tools, but um he, like we said he needs to sit a year. Will Levis might be a sleeper for me. Like obviously he's not going to be I don't think he's going to be fantastic for, in year 1, but if he ends up going somewhere um where he could sit, that wouldn't be a bad thing. Um especially with um it, but in this in this mock where he goes to the Texans, he'd be starting right away. I don't trust that at all. And like we talked about, there's no team picking that needs a quarterback that's going to pass up Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. Like I think both of them. Th- there's no way. And how many times are we going to say "there's no way" with the Zerline mock?
1: The- <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's true. So many times. It, it, it's it, we're going to talk about a few of those things at, at this point. Um, all right, let's see. So we, you know, we we mentioned JSN as well, right? Like you know, three of these guys had him go into the Titans. Uh, Mel Kuyper had him going to the Texans. That's the one that we want mm-hmm. to happen, assuming that they do end up taking a quarterback at two. Um, and then the Seahawks was this is an interesting one from Renner. He had the Seahawks moving up from twenty with the Patriots, who's sitting at fourteen, uh, to take JSN. But here's the thing with that: I just don't think he's going to make it past the Texans. I don't think he's going to make it past the Titans, and I don't think he's going to make it past the Jets. I think, no. I I think the offensive line um, is you know something that the Jets want to make sure that they have, um, mm. you know, going into the season, especially with Aaron Rodgers. Um, you know, make sure they have that those tackles set up. Mackay Becton looking good but you can't really depend on him right he's shown right. that he's not dependable right so i think it'll be a cherry on top if he's good to go and he lost the weight and he'll be good to go and he still has a mm-hmm. big body just not as you know wide um but now at this point do you go with the offensive tackle you know you tackle your next 10 years or do you take someone like jsn reunite him with Garrett wilson and now you know aaron Rodgers has one of the best receiving cores in the league Right. And yeah. that's 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 what you think about. So I, I'm saying all of that just to say that I don't think that Jason's going to be available to the Seahawks at 14.
0: No, I don't think that's the case either. And you talk about the Jets. I was looking at the Jets as a spot, you know, for Jason. That's where he's going to bottom out. Cause if Jason's there on the board and the Jets are sitting there, yeah. I think this is like a CD Lamb type pick where they have absolutely no need a wide receiver to go this high, but they're going to take him anyway just because he's that type of player. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I think that would definitely be where he bottoms out and like i said most of our guys have him going 11 or 12 um to tennessee or in houston in the one case so i I think that there's no way that he's gonna drop that far out there were rumblings that he obviously early early on before the combine that he might fall a little bit look further in the uh first round than it looks like he's going to now but um yeah this move for seahawks it's a cool thought but it's just not going to be something that we're going to see happen on draft night i
1: i don't think so i don't think he's going to make it past that 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 point especially because like wide receiver is a valuable position so when you have somebody yeah. like like jsn c- coming in i think it's just a situation where teams aren't going to pass up that talent you know at this point yeah. um now i want to talk about the tight end position real quick i want to pivot to that because you know coming into the into draft season and you know coming into you know if you look at over the last couple of years Michael Mayer has been, you know, a, a, almost a household name at this point if you watch college football, right? Yep. He's literally one of the best tight ends in the nation, if not the best. But he has been, you know, mocked to later in the first round, you know, mm-hmm. a favorite, you know, for the Cowboys. And, and yeah. if you can't <laughs> see Zach right now, but Zach is crossing his fingers. It seems like he wants it to happen. Yeah. Mel Kuyper, Todd McShay, and Renner from PFF all have him – going to the Cowboys at 26 they all agree on that one so it seems like there is something in the air uh when it comes to that Jeremiah General Jeremiah has Michael Mayer the Cowboys passing on Michael Mayer to the Saints at 29 by the way looking at these mocks there is no secret that the Saints are looking for a tight end (laughs) it's very possible that they get either Mayer or Kincaid but I want to talk about Kincaid real quick because Dalton Kincaid seems like he is the consensus number one tight end off the board right now all five of our guys have him as the first tight end off the board and not right. mayor something that you probably wouldn't have seen coming you know before draft season um Mel Kuyper has him going to Mel Kuyper and Lanzer line both have him going uh to the Packers at 15 uh it seems like the Packers are also in need of a tight end judging by these mocks. These guys kind of are in the, in the know. It seems like they, they are looking for for that position. They do Mm -hmm. need that position, right? Um, Maybe Aaron Rodgers didn't love tight ends as much, but you know, Jordan love might. Um, And you know, it's kind of like a safety blanket, you know, for their young quarterback and to kind of help him with his, you know um, with his, with his development a little bit. So you have him and then, you know, if it's not the Packers, uh, Renner has him going to the Chargers. They're also a team that needs a tight end. You have the Commanders at 16. Daniel Jeremiah has Kincaid going to the Commanders at 16. And then McShea has Kincaid going to the Jaguars at 24. You know, keep in mind that Evan Ingram isn't necessarily a long-term play for the Jaguars right now. He just the franchise tag. So most likely he won't be back with the team in 2024. So, just curious to think, you know, curious curious on, on, on your thoughts on the position. To me, um, you know, it seems like there's a, a little bit of a gap between these two guys right now. But for me, mm. it, it's a lot closer to me between these two guys than what it seems like on the board here. And I honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if Michael Mayer, despite what all these maps, all these mocks are saying, that mm-hmm. if Mayer is actually the number one tight end off the board.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either. And I think it comes down to the NFL kind of shifting to, you know, the flashy offense. It's not so much hand in the dirt, blocking type of tight end. That's what Dalton Kincaid is. He's athletic. You know, he's big. I kind of compare the way he's going to play to Darren Waller. He's not going to do a whole lot of blocking. He's going to do a lot more receiving than he is blocking. And that's what Michael Mayer is. He's like the entire package. He'll be an extra offensive lineman for you if you need him. But he's also going to be super productive in the passing game. And I obviously like Michael Mayer for the Cowboys. I'd rather have Dallas take Bijan or JSN ahead of him, but I don't think either of them are going to be there on the board at that point. So Michael Mayer is pretty much my guy at this point, but Michael Mayer is like the old school tight end where he can line up block for you. He'll be productive in the pass game. That's why I look at it. And people are valuing Dalton Kincaid higher than that because they see him as like this elite pass catching tight end. And I, I don't blame them. I I like the fit, you know, for the Packers and the commanders um, with the Packers, you know, Jordan love, they have Christian Watson and Romeo dubs on the outside Um, on the inside. They don't have any other big threats. Uh, Dalton Kincaid would be a big receiver for Jordan love to really just kind of grow with um, in his first true year as a starter. I don't think that'll be bad for him at all. I like that landing spot. I think he could be really productive in terms of fantasy too, if he goes there and the same thing goes for the commanders, not as productive for um, fantasy in terms of, Dalton Kincaid as far as he's concerned but if you want to look at like a potential sleeper and Sam Howell he's going to have if he, they take Kincaid the commanders he's going to have Terry McLaurin Jahan Dotson and Dalton Kincaid for, like I kind of like that assuming the commanders don't take quarterback to start over Sam Howell if Dalton Kincaid goes to commanders I'm looking at Sam Howell Howell's really like deep sleeper like he could really do some make some noise because that offense is probably be a lot better than a lot of people think um but yeah you, Mike, know,
1: who, you know who's gonna make noise this week I mean, I mean, this year, who? Jacoby set
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> I think so. You think I, he's turning over how?
1: I think week one is going to be Jacoby. I do.
0: I don't know. I, I mean, so. obviously, how we have a very small sample size with him, but I'm tired of living in the past and. Not- <laughs> no, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. you. Know what I mean, I, like, if I you ask me see what, I what I want, we have in Sam Howell, I, agree. I don't think the. I don't think the commanders are expecting to compete, compete this year, but definitely they're at a point where they can see what I would just see what you have and how use this season Dude, to do that. They have, a, they can really to get wire, they
1: have a really good wide receiver trio there. And it's like yeah. almost a waste. It's like get like I want to see a quarterback on that team to sling it to these guys. I feel like all of them are capable of 1000 yard seasons. You know, like I mm-hmm. want it to happen. Uh, yeah. I will I would love it. Um, and you know, they got a, a new offensive coordinator coming over from Kansas City, Eric Bieniemy. That should be fun to watch, you know. So um if Sam Kincaid Howell, ends man. up going there, I'm telling you he could be no, the guy. No. That's that's just my Listen, opinion. No, I agree. Yeah. I, I I'm with you. I, I want Sam Howell to be the guy because I think, you know, like he, he was I think he was underrated coming out. You know, he had a great year, he had a great junior season. When he had weapons, his senior year, he didn't have any weapons, and he was just running the ball the entire time. The fact yeah. that he has that ability too intrigues me, also, you know. But like you said, small sample size. Last year, he looked good, man. He looked really mm-hmm. good. So let's see. Um, a couple of these, more, couple of these wide receivers, and then we'll finally get to Bijan. I want to talk about <laughs> Zay Flowers, who's actually my number two ranked wide receiver in this draft class. Um. Mel Kuiper has him going to the Steelers at number 17. Uh, that's something that I don't personally see. I think, you know, they have Beyonce, yeah. they have Pickens. I think they'll be all right. And also the Steelers have been really good at drafting, you know, Steelers. Uh, I'm sorry, wide receivers later on and kind of hitting. They're one of the best teams, if not the best teams at drafting wide receiver. They yeah. know what they're doing. Um Todd McShay has Zay Flowers going to the Seahawks at 20. Jeremiah has uh Zay Flowers going to the Chargers at 21. Uh as the third has his third wide receiver off the board. Both Mel Kuiper and Todd McShay have Zay Flowers as their second wide receiver off the board behind JSN. Uh Zerline has him going to twenty two to the Ravens, which would be crazy. Because then yeah. think about it. They have Bateman, OBJ, and now Flowers, like all of a sudden, you're like, oh, okay. You got a little mm. bit of a wide receiver core here and plus Mark Andrews. So, okay. And Lamar. I don't if, if he's back in late. And got a little pass heavy uh, offensive coordinator now. Yeah. You know? Okay. Not, not not the ground and pound of. We're looking a little different. It's going to be great. We're looking a little different now. Okay. this This team could look a little sleeper passing offense. You know what I'm saying, and I want to. I I want to keep hearing the comments. Like Ben Roethlisberger just said recently on a podcast that you 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 shouldn't be afraid of Lamar Jackson picking you apart when he's sitting in the pocket. He just said that. I (laughs) personally am. I personally. Yeah, and it's like, all right, that's cool. I'm. I'll be drafting these guys. I'll be drafting Lamar. Oh yeah, that's for sure. That's for damn sure.
0: Well, Lamar's going to be at a discount. Would that be? That would easily be the best wide receiver core he's had in his time. With Baltimore, right? And like, on top of that, doubt. he
1: doesn't have a run-heavy coordinator.
0: Yeah, like, without a doubt. Like, could you imagine? That would do wonders he was, for him. Uh, by the way, Greg Roman, I want him
1: to sign as the offensive coordinator. Like, whoever drafts Anthony Richardson, just fire your offensive coordinator and just hire Greg Roman. Because, yeah. like, he will get the most out of Anthony Richardson from day one. Mm. Lamar, he did it with Lamar. While Lamar was still developing, and he developed into a damn good passer, and then he did it with remember Colin Kaepernick when he was with him in San Francisco. Yeah, I I think Greg Roman might not be able to have these guys hit their like maximum ceilings, but he's able to get a lot out of these guys, especially in the beginning of their careers. Um, yeah. so I think he's he'll be the perfect guy for Anthony Richardson to not only develop, uh, but also kind of be able to kind of have a productive help him uh, you know lead a productive offense. So that'll be yeah, kind of interesting, but uh, but Zay Flowers, man, uh, I I want to you know I think you know he's he's my number two guy. I think a couple of these guys agree with me, um, uh, but you know the Seahawks, you know at twenty, like so so the range for four of five of these guys is between seventeen and twenty two, which mm-hmm. by the way, uh, for dynasty rookie drafts that means that you kind of have to prioritize Zay Flowers, okay? Yeah. remember, Jahan Dotson was taken, uh, in the middle of the first round last year, kind of slept on, and he had you know pretty good rookie season. Right, yeah, uh, especially at the beginning the before, yeah, before he got hurt, you know, touchdowns every week, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, uh, pretty so he much. was doing his thing. So Zay Flowers, you know, can do something similar. I'm a big fan of his game, um, and yeah, dude, like I would love to see him at, at you know, a, a Charger, to, to be compared mm-hmm. to Justin Herbert. I think that would be awesome. Um, and you know, when he, if he goes to the Seahawks, it'll be interesting to see, you know, if he's able to garner some target share, you know, yeah. away from the other two guys. Um, But I think if he's on the Chargers, listen, man, I would not be surprised if it's Keenan Allen, number one, Zay Flowers, number two, and Mike Williams, number three, in terms of target share. I wouldn't be surprised, even in year one.
0: I I could absolutely see that. I'd like to see him more on the Chargers and the Seahawks, personally, because I think the Seahawks, their wide receiver room is already pretty crowded. DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are both very good. Um, So I I wouldn't want to really see him go there. But Zay Flowers, you know, if you take out – that 17, him going to Steelers and Kuiper strapped, like you said, that range that you're talking about goes from 17 to 22 to 20 to 22. You know, that's right. We're pretty confident he's going to land on one of these teams here. I don't want it to be the Seahawks. I think the Chargers, like you said, are the ones where I want to see him land. Um, the Ravens would be cool. I know we just went on the whole talk about that, but I think he'd maximize his own value as a receiver in Los Angeles with Justin Herbert, like you said. Um, and Keenan Allen, he's getting older. And, for me, when I watch Zay Flowers, he kind of reminds me of Keenan Allen, just a little yeah, bit. That's I can see that. So like, I feel like he could easily just like once Keenan Allen decides either he's gonna retire or he's moved because you know he's getting too expensive, that kind of thing, his contract runs out. I could see him just stepping right into that role, you know, yeah. for the Chargers. And then maybe if he signs a second contract there, you know, like I think that would just be like replace Keenan Allen with Keenan Allen, but he's named Zay Flowers. Right. So I, I think that's totally a feasible thing. And I actually kind of rooting for that to happen now.
1: I like it because then you, you get Justin Herbert a reliable target who can separate man zone coverage on the slot outside as a flanker. I think that'll be awesome. I think He's he a can Swiss be his, army his, knife. <laughs> yeah, I think he can be like a Devontae Smith type of player in, yeah. in the league, you know, to be honest. Um now these other wide receivers, real quick, you know, Mel Kuiper has Jordan Addison going to the Chargers, you know, instead of Zay Flowers, and I can see that. Mel Kuyper has uh Addison as his uh third wide receiver off the board. Um, because he had as if I was going to the Steelers at 17, so uh, I wouldn't mind that either. I think Addison is, is a similar player, you know, a good player in man and zone coverage as well. So I I, I like Addison, um, you know, to to go, you know, either one. Honestly, you both we you gotta obviously, you know, uh, have both these guys, you know, in the middle of that first round in your dynasty rookie drafts. Uh, you know, Jordan Addison is my number three ranked wide receiver uh yeah. so you know both and these guys are pretty close you know to be honest with you it's like jsn there's a tier break and then it's like zay jones and jordan addison are kind of in, in a zay similar jones. tier four i'm sorry i'm sorry there's <laughs> a lot of zays man there's a lot of zays yeah, zay suddenly there's a
0: bunch of zays
1: <laughs> um you know and and uh you know daniel jeremiah jordan addison you know has he has, has him going to the seahawks at 20 and renner has him going to the vikings at 23 uh, which I love. I would love a wide receiver to go to the Vikings to complement Justin Jefferson. I think you know it'll yeah. it'll help Jefferson. Obviously, it'll also help that other wide receiver. You know whether it's Addison or Flowers that goes to the Vikings. You know obviously we mentioned the the 17 to 22 range, but if they pass up on Zay Flowers, I think the Vikings at 23 is also an option, right? So like just just kind of extend that range out just by another pick. And I think Jordan Addison. You know, can be there. Um, do yeah. you have any strong opinions about you know Zay Flowers versus Jordan Addison at all?
0: I'm <laughs> I'm viewing them pretty similarly, especially when we talk yeah. about the Vikings. If Jordan Addison is or Zay Flowers go there, I'm gonna look at them pretty much identically in terms of right. their fantasy value. The only sure. receiver that wouldn't make a whole lot of sense, I wouldn't be really happy about going there, would be Quentin Johnston. I don't
1: right. think Me his too.
0: game would complement Justin Jefferson's really at all. Um, you know, he's a bigger receiver. Yeah. I'm not in on the hype. I don't think any of these guys, um, these mock experts that we have, follow PFF very much because PFF loves Quentin Johnston. But um, a lot of like Jeremiah McShay, Zerline, Kyper, they all have him going back end of the first round. And I think one of them even has him going, going Kuyper, in the second round.
1: Kuiper had him going to the Cardinals at 34, so early second round. Now Johnson, right. in the beginning of the draft season, you could have said that. You know, a lot of people had him over JSN, right? Which I thought yeah. was crazy. I Mm -hmm. thought it was crazy, and we talked about this. I was like, listen, man, Jay is saying, like, the fact that he was able to perform, like, it all comes down to, like, dude, all three – there was three balls at Ohio State. Who was the best one? You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? And, like, that is such a a data point to, like, hold on to. You have to. Like, you have to. Like, that has to be, like, your rock-solid, like, mainstay right there. But Johnston, man, I'll I'll say this, man. Like, in the beginning of the process, I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I kind of like this guy because – the analytics, and it makes sense that PFF likes him. It makes sen- mm-hmm. it makes sense that Renner has him yeah. going the earliest out of all these guys because he checks a lot of the analytical boxes. Here's the thing. Johnson can run can run deep. He can make plays downfield, and he's a big receiver. And the fact that he has the yak ability that he does at his size is rare. right? So not only that, he broke out at 19. He had a decent dominator rating throughout his career. Yards per route run were up there was up there so he has a lot he checks a lot of those boxes however Mm -hmm. when you watch him play he's not a good contested catch player he doesn't catch with his hands you talk about his pro day you know when things are set up for you you're dropping balls at your pro day (laughs) not what you want to see with teams watching you you know when you're not even in pads that's not good man you know so the teams are gonna be turned off by that and I and I kind of lean towards him going the end of the second round, ra- end of the first round, beginning of second. So him going to the Cardinals at 34, I can understand that, especially with the Cardinals shopping DeAndre Hopkins. You know, yep. I can understand him like getting out of the first round, and because of that, you kind of have to adjust. I actually have Josh Downs ahead of Quinton Johnson. He's my number. Quinton Johnson, my number five ranked wide receiver at this point. You know, yeah. I like Josh Downs more just because he's just a better player. I think he's a good slot player who could, you know, play against man coverage. You know, and yeah. Josh Downs, he's going to be a second round player. According to Kyper, McShea, and Renner, they're all going between 54 and 59. Renner has him going to the Chargers at 54, obviously not picking a first round wide receiver. Todd yep. McShea has him going to the Giants. Of course, McShea has the Giants picking up yet another slot wide receiver. <laughs> uh, and then Mel Kyper uh, has well, him going the Bills. how are they going to gonna the replace
0: Bills. Richie James?
1: Listen, man, if Downs <laughs> makes it to the Bills at 59, or if Bills end up trading up a couple picks for Josh Downs, ooh, yeah. ooh. <laughs> man i'll be all over that dude you, you know what i'm saying like I, I would love it listen i love Khalil shakir he's my guy but josh downs like he, he would be my dude and yeah say, say bye-bye to gabe davis okay yeah that's what like anyway any more thoughts on josh downs or quentin johnston
0: just quentin johnston you know i think he fits a very specific role in an offense you know he's just a bigger body receiver i think it wouldn't be as close as it is a discussion between quentin johnson and josh downs if josh, Down- josh downs wasn't as small as he is if josh downs was like 5'10 5'11 right. i think he's head and shoulders above quentin johnson in these mocks and i wouldn't be surprised but you know it's just the way that they're going to fit their different roles are completely opposite players you know one can trashed- create a bunch of separation Go ahead. This I'm
1: sorry. This draft has like a bunch of smaller receivers. Like it's all about like the route running and the yak and that right. sort of thing. You know, Johnson's it's, like the only big receiver in this top. You know, few five or six
0: guys. Yeah, and you won't you won't even hear about Nathaniel Dell in these mocks no. either. You know, he's more like the third round, but he he's interesting to me. You know, another smaller receiver. He, he looks quick. He, he's pretty. He's that fast. small. He's super small. Yeah, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but he's like probably the best
1: class. He might be the best route runner in the class, though. Like yeah. he, he knows how to separate. It, I saw it firsthand at the senior bowl. The dude was awesome.
0: Yeah, it's just his size is interesting. Like was Tavon Austin even that small? I don't think he was. I don't think so. I think he's <laughs> just, that uh, that's bigger than him. Yeah, that's just crazy to think about.
1: Um, but McShay M- 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 had Johnston going to the Ravens. I don't love that at all, honestly. Like I don't, I don't like that move. Um, mm-hmm. Jeremiah has him going to the Bills. It's like at that point, just keep Gabe Davis. But the only thing, yeah. like the thing was with Johnston, like okay, like uh, let me not get carried away. I think Johnston's an upgrade, <laughs> you know, over Gabe Davis just because of the fact that you know he's able to pick up some yards after the catch. Um, mm-hmm. Davis isn't really that type of player. Um, Zerline had a mock to the Cowboys, dude.
0: Yeah, I, I I'm kind not of a feel like of that's
1: that. yeah. I'd rather get like, like a, a good separator, right? A guy who can mm-hmm. run, run routes, right? Move I get it. out the slot, if you need to,
0: I get it with Zerline because Dallas doesn't really have like a big receiver. They haven't had right. that since Dez Bryant, but yeah. I don't think there's a need for that on their offense. Like, I, if I'm going to add a big receiver, I'd much rather add it in the form of a Michael Mayer, who can also go down and block and, and do that kind of thing. We have Brandon Cooks already; he can be a deep threat. Like, we have guys that can do the thing. CeeDee Lamb obviously is great. There's no reason to draft a Quentin Johnson. If you're going to draft a big body receiver, take tight end Michael Mayer who can do much better for you. I, I that's just the way I feel about it. Yeah. I,
1: I agree with you, man. Um let's talk about Jalen Hyatt, you know, his range is all over the place. Oh, yeah. You know, and it, and it has been from the start of the draft. And one thing that I learned uh after talking to a lot of smart people this offseason is that Tennessee's offense is a mirage. Okay. And and we're talking about the we're talking about college football. We're not talking the about volunteers. Yeah. the volunteers. They are, that offense is just different. Jalen Hyatt is somebody who lined up off the line and in stack formations, almost 90%, like a, a lot. Okay. Like that yeah. might be a little high, but a lot. And he's not somebody who can separate, you know, with these other guys, his speed is absolutely ridiculous. There's no doubt that he could take the top off of defense and he's probably more valuable to an NFL team than he is to us fantasy players because I think his ceiling is like Deshaun Jackson. But he's not somebody who will be getting like eight targets a game. He might get like five targets a game. And that might be enough because he can get you know 75 yards and a touchdown for you. But is that the type of player that we should be chasing in Dynasty? I don't think
0: think so. That is perfect what you just laid out. Does it sound like Will Fuller? Like, that's just me. Will Fuller would
1: be, I think an even higher ceiling than Deshaun Jack. Uh, well, okay. No, uh, Deshaun Jackson was a better player than Will yeah. Fuller when it was all said and done. Um, I guess the archetype would be higher in terms of like Will Fuller was able to command targets at a better rate than Jackson was at times. Will Fuller mm-hmm. was able to develop into more, a, a little bit more of a complete receiver than Deshaun Jackson. Um right. But, you know, I can understand that comp, though, because Jalen Hyatt can potentially develop into that and become a little bit more of a possession. Like, are you going to be able to, you know, is is every defensive back just going to play back on you, right? Are are they just going to give you 15 yards, you know, or 10 yards every time you line up? And, you know, if they're worried about you potentially doing some stuff underneath or intermediate, then they might come up on you and, you know, press you up, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And if that happens then you have more in your tool belt and you'll become a better receiver because of it, because they're afraid that like, you know, maybe you will, you know, you know, run an in instead of a a nine and that sort of thing. And, you know, that's what it comes down to, to me. And I don't think he has that in his tool belt just yet. So his, you know, 55 to Detroit, that's where Mel Kuiper has him. I don't really understand that because you have Jamison Williams. So why would you do that? Uh, Tom Shea had him at 33 to the Texans. I can understand that, you know, to get that field stretcher. Um, You know, and if they end up drafting two wide receivers, like, you know, they they end up with their quarterback, they end up with JSN in the, you know, in the, at, what what are they at? 12? At 12. Yeah. um, And then they go Jalen Hyatt at 33. Like, that'd be kind of crazy, but I kind of like it at the same time uh, Mm. because, you know, you stretch the field for a JSN. And now you're like, okay. Like, that's, that's, I can see that pairing kind of work. And then, Zerline had him at 21 to the charges which I think is way too early. Like I don't I don't like that move.
0: If any um, mock was going to have him that early it's going to be <laughs> Zerline. all right? <laughs> like the list goes on and on. <laughs>
1: I want to quickly mention Jonathan Mingo, dude. <clears throat> Jonathan Mingo um is built like a tank. Like he's a big dude. Um, yeah. he's not necessarily tall. I think he's only 62, but he's like 225. Yeah. That's probably where he's where he plays at. He, play, he plays at 230. And I think his official listing was at 220, I think, if I'm not mistaken. But he's a big guy. Now, his college production profile isn't that great, unfortunately. However, um, you know, he's somebody that teams have fallen in love with. He's an uber athlete. He's like in the 98th or 99th percentile among wide receivers, like yeah. ever, who have tested in the combine. So he's an extremely good athlete. I was at the senior bowl. He was probably one of the most productive wide receivers there in practice. He was he was getting he was catching everything. He was getting open, and he was not somebody that I was looking at, man. I was looking at all the other guys, the guys I was interested, the guys I was interested in. I was looking mm-hmm. at those guys, but every time I'm like, I have my camera out, I'm looking at those guys. I end up getting clips of Mingo, so now yeah. I got to go back in all of my clips and get all my Mingo clips because I wasn't even looking for the dude, you know. And right. it's funny because, you know that a player is popping off if you're not even looking for him, right? And he was That's that
0: guy,
1: <laughs> you know? And I was never big on him because he does not, his analytic profile is absolutely terrible. Um, mm-hmm. You know, breakout age, all that. Like, it just, well, actually, actually what's his, I'm, uh, hold on, I, I want to double check that part because I could, yeah, no, breakout age was 21, which is not good. Um, and, you know, dominated rating never went over 25%. You know, he was looking like a third round wide receiver, but now it's looking like he could potentially make his way into the first round, uh, I'm mm. sorry, into the second round. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, second which would be round, interesting. Maybe Cowboys at 58. Now, if you're te- yeah. if you're asking me, go for him at 58 rather than Quentin Johnson in the first round. That would be oh, yeah. way better. Mm-hmm. Uh, McShay had him going to the Chiefs at 63, which I yeah. also that would be also pretty interesting as well because the Chiefs don't really have that type of receiver. So, mm-hmm. it, and it will kind of complement what they have pretty well. Um, So Mingo to the Cowboys, man, as a number three, I think that'll be pretty solid. And you know, unfortunately, you know, it looks like the Cowboys might be trying to replace Michael Gallup here.
0: Yeah. I mean, they signed him to that contract. He's locked in for this season, at least. Um, yeah. You know, I'm not too worried about him taking snaps away from anybody if they would draft like a Jonathan Mingo. I was going to say, like, Jonathan Mingo is somebody I was looking at for Dallas in the second round because with Mingo, you mentioned the analytics being bad, all that stuff, but you look at the tools, like you said, the athletic profile, yeah. you're drafting the tools, not with the tools built in college. You know what I'm saying? You're looking say this. for the future. I'll
1: say this also. Th- he pops on film. When you watch yeah. him, he pops. Like uh contested catches, number one, number two, yards at the contact. Like he's just a big guy. He runs like you know, like think of like Debo Samuel, light, like, like like type of player. Yeah. Like that's kind of how what I see when I'm watching him play. So I I kind of I kind of get it and I understand it now. Um, I wasn't on board earlier on because, like you know, I'm a big analytics guy. You know, admittedly, mm. but you know, the more I watch and the more people are forcing me to watch, I'm like, okay, I, I can kind of see it now. You know, yeah, yep. All right, let's quickly hit on. We're running out of time here. Let's quickly hit on a couple of these other running backs. Zach Charbonnet, Mel Kiper has him going to the Bengals at 60. Todd McShea has him going to the Bears at 53. Listen, man, if Charbonnet get, goes to the Bengals, bye-bye, Joe Mixon. Hello, Zach Charbonnet. Yeah. I would love
0: that. That I is an ideal
1: I, ideal landing spot for me.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I, I pin that, too, as an intriguing landing spot. I call it intriguing, but you're saying ideal. I think you're even a step ahead of me in terms of your excitement <laughs> if he would land there. But um, yeah. you just consider a situation around Joe Mixon. You know, recently, they weren't even running the ball very well last season when Joe Mixon was playing. Um, So that's something to keep in mind. But he's not much of a pass catcher, Charbonnet, but he'd be a great option. And on offense that has a scoring power like the Bengals, like if you want to talk about a running back that can make an instant impact, especially in terms of fantasy, like Charbonnet going to Bengals, that would be like you said, you know, you're talking me into it. Ideal. Like that's exactly what you're looking for.
1: The good thing with Charbonnet is that he's a decent pass blocker. He has pass catching chops. You know, he just wasn't super efficient in college, but at the end of the day, like he got better his senior year and he has one of the highest reception totals – among all these running backs, it's just that he wasn't right. too efficient with it. But he has the chops, like, and I compare his receiving chops to like David Montgomery, right? Somebody yeah. who is capable but won't, m- might not be super efficient. But at the end of the day, like, if you're good at pass blocking, you'll be on the field for those plays. And if you're capable in the receiving game, you can catch the ball. You can be dependent on. UCLA trusted him in that department, and if mm-hmm. that's the case, he goes. If he goes to the Bengals, bye bye, Joe Mixon. Yeah, hello. And
0: Samajah so like Piran's sure. gone too. So like. That's exactly. Like, there's exactly. no competition really.
1: No Samaj P. Ryan to take away those snaps on, on later downs. Um, I I gotta hit on Jameer Gibbs before we get out of here. Mel Kiper has um has the Eagles trading up to Seattle's number 37th pick overall. Uh obviously, in this scenario, Seattle also traded up into the first round to grab Hendon Hooker, which I hope they don't do. I yeah. hope that's that's I don't think that's a good idea. However, I, I can see Gibbs going to the Eagles. I, I, I don't see the fit personally, especially if you're look, thinking long term. But at the end of the day, he's a weapon and yeah. they can probably figure out how to use that weapon. You know, we have to keep in mind where Nick Sirianni came from, what coaching tree he's from, and they could definitely use a running back in the passing game. And I think it could definitely happen. So I, 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 would, I think this would be fine. And obviously, you know you, you kind of wonder like you know we haven't really seen them use a pass catching running back a whole lot so you wonder how this is going to impact him obviously with Jameer Gibbs uh, I'm sorry with Jalen Hurts he's a rushing quarterback you know those reception numbers would probably be a lot higher with a pack with a pocket quarterback um yeah. so that's an interesting one uh Mcshay had him going to the, the Cardinals at 34 I wouldn't mind that because i think um you know, I think in terms of like who's a rushing quarterback. I think, and obviously, at the beginning of the part of the year, you might have Kyler Murray hurt a little bit. He might not play, but Kyler Murray is way more prone to not run and to check it down than Jalen Hurts would. So I kind of mm-hmm. like that. I kind of would like yeah. that move right there. And then Renner had him going to the Dolphins at number forty-one. So if you land, if you if he if he doesn't go, and he lasts all the way to forty-one, I kind of like that, dude. I I think that would be a good move for the Dolphins.
0: I, that. That would just be out of electric little, to electric. Jalen you know, Waddle,
1: Tyreek Hill, speed, Jamir Gibbs speed,
0: on speed, just crazy. Yeah, for me, I kind of, I would hate to see him go to the Eagles as a Cowboys fan, but at the same time, for in terms of fantasy, I could see that working definitely. They didn't sign Rashad Penny to a commitment contract where it's like we need to make him our guy. You know, yeah. like he's going to have a role, but I think Jameer Gibbs could overtake him pretty easily. And I'm also thinking back to when there was actually a conversation about Alvin Kamara being moved and that maybe the Eagles potentially being interested. And mm. Jameer Gibbs is that same archetype of running back. You know what I'm saying? And the way that he plays and what he's able to skill set. So I can maybe see that that might be feasible, especially if, you know, the Eagles are back and forth on Bijan at 10, you know, like if they don't get him, ultimately they could say, okay, we'll go for the next best, best thing. And maybe Jameer Gibbs fits their scheme a little bit more, even better than maybe Bijan. Obviously Bijan's not going to be drafted for scheme. B. John Robinson's B. John Robinson. But I think that Jameer Gibbs, going to the Eagles, it doesn't seem too far-fetched to me. Interesting. Interesting.
1: All right. I, You know, I, I so for me personally, like, I'm looking at the Eagles. I'm thinking, like, maybe they'd rather have a guy like Zach Charbonnet. Maybe they'd rather have a guy who – and, you know, pay less of a price also. Getting somebody who's capable on early downs. Like, obviously, Gibbs is very more than capable – but do they want mm-hmm. somebody who can really pound the rock, you know, right. 15, 20 times if they need to? I don't think Jameer Gibbs is that guy. So would they rather get, you know, a Kendra Miller a little bit later? Would they rather spend that second round pick on Zach Charbonnet? You know, that, that's the kind of stuff that I'm thinking about. You know, it, it, it that, that could be possible. Tank Bigsby, maybe someone like that. Yeah. You know, we'll see. We'll see, but it's going to be interesting, man. I think these mock drafts really bring us bring a lot of insight, you know, to to how we should expect these drafts to go, and then also how we handle our rookie mock drafts as well, you know. So, right. um, I appreciate you, Zach. I think that's going to do it for this episode. Appreciate you guys. Um, you know, like I mentioned earlier, our rookie mock draft is going to be coming out later this week, hopefully this weekend. Crossing our fingers and our toes that that happens. But uh, appreciate you guys. Thanks for listening, uh, and we'll be back next week. I'll be talking wire receivers with a very, very special guest. We'll see you guys then. Take it
0: easy. Bye-bye.